Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, Ned. Ciao, Davide. Where are you? That's good. Novel little twist. Yeah. I'm in Rovoletto in a hotel near a motorway and very close to a high-speed railway track, which appears to be running entirely to schedule. The first train to pass through was at 4.03am, and then a full weekday timetable followed, with express services passing by my window very close every 20 minutes or so. Bright skies above the beautiful Adige River Valley this morning, with highs of 22 degrees expected by the time the Giro d'Italia reaches today's summit finish at Sega di Alla. You're listening to The Morning Butterfly with me, Ned Bolting, and Dr. David Miller. Here are the Eurythmics and Sweet Dreams. The Never Strays Farfalle Giro d'Italia Morning Show Special Podcast is brought to you by Chapter 3 and The Roadbook. That's a really catchy name, isn't it? The Never Strays Farfalle Giro d'Italia Morning Show Special Podcast. Anyway, Chapter 3 was created by you, David Miller, in 2015 with the vision of creating cycling clothing that you would wear as a retired racer. Now for 2021, Chapter 3 have made cycling kit to meet you wherever your ride takes you. They're calling it Most Days. It launches in only a couple of weeks' time. So make sure you sign up via the link in the show notes to get access before anyone else does. In 2018, Ned and a team of dedicated enthusiasts delivered the inaugural edition of the Roadbook Cycling Almanac, an annual publication supplying day, essays and anecdotes from the racing calendar. The Roadbook 2020 and past editions have become the definitive companion of any fan of the sport. To be the first to hear about limited pre-order runs for future products and exclusive promotions, sign up by the link in the show notes. Hello, Ned. Hello, David. How are you doing? How was your I'm rest day? Good. How was your rest day? Uh, my rest day was good. Yeah, it was good. What day was it? It was Tuesday. Yeah. Just yeah, a normal day, good. really, for you? Just a normal day, it was. Yeah, I actually had quite a chilled out morning. I felt kind of quite tired. And mm. so I didn't really kind of, I couldn't really get out of second gear for quite a long time. And then I started to feel better around 11 a.m. And then it started to go really well and good. got lots done. Good. So yeah, I took Archie mountain biking and um, Harvey didn't want to go. And that no. was about it, really. Okay. Yeah. I went biking. Oh yeah, you did go biking. You went, um, you did a bit of tourism, didn't you? I went biking. I think it's the first time I've, I've biked properly with any intent. In that sense, vertical gain sort of sense. Mm. Since, thinking about it, since the we were all on the road, you, me and Pete, and we were doing crazy things like racing each other and Phil Dignan up the Hotakam and, uh, or the oh Tourmalet. Yeah. It's a Tourmalet, wasn't it? Um, yeah. It's the first time, yeah, so it's the first time I've kind of ridden a bicycle up a, up a proper hill or mountain or anything since then. Well, what, what you went up a mountain, so I saw pictures, what, on that sissy bike you went up a mountain? Yeah. Yeah, it was quite that's, hard. That's yeah. really hard. 
Yeah, it was one of those, huh. you know, those bikes. So I'm staying in a, in a kind of, well, I've just indicated where I'm staying. I'm staying in one of those Mercure hotels sandwiched in between a motorway and a railway track with like a long slender car park. Um, and it's all right. It had, but the hotel had two of these kind of town bikes just uh, with a kick, with a, you know, a kickstand thing stand. just in the lobby, in the lobby. And I said, can I have one of them? I'll take one of them. And he goes, yeah. So I squeezed it like that and the tires were really flat. So there was a bit of a hiatus while uh, the caretaker sort of rooted around the place, found a track pump, pumped them up. Good to go. And um, we're in this river valley, the Adige River Valley, which is to the Dolomites um, or to Trentino, what that valley is that goes through Gap is to the Alps, just endlessly long. You know, it's a kind of entry into into this area. And um, so either side of the river valley are these huge edifices of rock with little vineyards, little Mm. villages perched up there. And so I picked a village to aim for and off I set and I was extremely slow, but um, yeah, I climbed for about an hour on, <laughs> on, on that really bike with the f- first gear, with the first gear that kept slipping. So the chain just slipped, Ugh. slipped all the time. Slippity, just to slippity. remind you just how horrible it is. Slippity, 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 slip. And then the handlebars, which were like normal handlebars of a normal bike kept slipping mm. as well. So every time I got up, stood up in the, up in the pedals, which I had to all the time, basically, and kind of yanked yeah. on the handlebars, they'd, they'd. And then I've put any downward pressure and the whole handlebars are going... Well, that's kind so of how you like your bicycles though, isn't it? What, rubbish, yeah. Yeah. And then there I was a perverse into- satisfaction in doing it on the worst bicycle yeah. in Italy. And then I, true. I saw you then bumped into Matt later. Randomly. Yeah, well, he had, some, he had something to do. So I sent him... This is the joy of iPhones, isn't it? And WhatsApp. Mm. I sent him a live location. Bing! Where I was, mm. struggling up this mountainside. And then he set off on the, his Chapter 3 Brompton, all lycra up with an aero helmet. I love it. It's like so that. Um, and he's still super fit, Matt. But he, yeah, he, he, he wanted to really sport it after me. Mm. So he followed the way I'd come, basically. And he was following my little live location icon as I, you know, inched up this, this mountainside. And every now and again, I'd stop and look to see where he was. And I just saw this little Matt Stevens icon going, <laughs> like that and closing in on me. Uh, it was lovely, actually. It was absolutely, it was a lovely rest day ride. It was as, as it should be. Yeah. Mm. And right. I, do you know yeah. what? I think it's had an immediate effect, David, because I've woken this morning it's to dream, no dream dreams. Dream free. Dream free. Yeah. There you go. I did, I actually was thinking yesterday, you know, I think we've probably, you must have cleansed that out of you now, surely. Because that's been pretty, it's been pretty intense for you those past few nights. I don't think, well, it's not for me to say, it's for you to say, but I'm, I'm kind of, you you tell me because I think, I think, yeah, I think I might be cured. I think, I think, I don't think, I think you're fine. I think you realize you, you deserve to be there. And I think it's, it's true. And it's, um, and I think that was just sub, it was like an exorcism within you that had to, had to happen. And I think even your subconscious, when it got to the point of chasing Peter Sagan and Buchmann pushing babies around a pub garden i think even your subconscious your conscious said hang on a second yeah i this know is just, this has got too far now i and know you woke up laughing and that was the exorcism yeah and the reaction and the, and, the, and, the, and hitting me in the head with the football was like the kind of that's just ridiculous that was it it was kind of it was like okay this is done now yeah let's just, let's just leave this and so hence you and you woke up laughing and that that laughter was the exorcism of your that was the imposter being released 
No, I think you're. I think you're spot on. Uh, there mm. was a, the reaction to my dream yesterday. A lot of there was a lot of skepticism about whether I just manufactured that dream. I can tell you once again, I did not manufacture <laughs> a single detail of it. Yeah, it was. Um, that's the way it was. I think you're bang on. By the way, yeah. talk about. I'm. I can. You know. I, I. I have the right to belong. I belong in this. In this. Um. In this job. I. I. It's official because I was one of uh, the many many people who were tested for COVID yesterday, and amongst the teams and the um, riders themselves who had PCR tests rather than lateral flow tests, five hundred and ninety-two tests, of which zero came back um, positive. That is good, isn't it? That I think it's great. Well. I think it's great. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, well. Yeah, that just proves that outdoor transmission of COVID is, you know, it, is uh, not a thing really. Um, but mm. it's more complex than that, isn't it? Because what you're seeing is, uh, yes, that's true during the race, they're on their bikes outdoors, but they also have to sleep indoors somewhere and they have to come across, you know, shared hotel yeah. spaces, et cetera, et cetera. So they do spend mm-hmm. some of their days indoors as well um, and a different indoors every single day. So I think the risks are still quite high because of, the nature of and bike it's, and, it's, and it's repetitive contact isn't it yeah it's the same people over and over again so it's not like you if there is there you're getting a higher dosage so yeah 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 that is good it's so really but it's good, good news that's, as well. that's really good news i think we're gonna get to milan all right yeah oh, mm. famous last words yeah, yeah that's true that's true um what else happened what's it what's the, so before we jump into all the other stuff yeah um what is today's stage Today's stage. Shall I get my book? It's yeah, really it, hard. I mean, it's super is it, hard. Is it going to be really hard the next three days? Yeah. Pr- no, is it, tomorrow uh, is tomorrow is a bit of a Peter Sagan day <laughs> uh, for him. Yeah, it's a pub garden day. It's, it's just a pub garden day for, for Peter Sagan. Um, yeah. What's today? Today's stage seven. So the stage seventeen. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Can I see it? So, yeah. yeah. Today is really hard. It starts. It starts at. Quite high, drops down, little climb at 58 Ks. It's going to be beautiful. And then, yeah. and then it's got the two big climbs in the end. Oh, it's quite a short stage. Oh, no, it's about 193. <laughs> it starts at 1,000 meters. It's going to be fast. It starts at 1,000 yeah. meters, and the first 100 kilo- No, the first 90 kilometers are basically downhill. Effectively. Yeah, with one little, it's got one little kick for uh, one little kind of seven kilometer, six kilometer climb. Yeah, right in the middle, fifty-seven point nine kilometers. Yeah, little cat three climb, and then it continues to drop downhill to Trento. So it starts at a thousand meters at Pozza di Fassa, and after mm. after ninety-one kilometers, they're down in Trento for an intermediate oh, sprint. Crazy, crazy start. Ooh, and then do you know what? It goes through. Just before the second intermediate sprint, it, which is in Mori, it goes through Izera. <gasps> ah, that's some of the roads that I went on on my town bike. Oh, really? Ah, so I've done, done some recon. recon. I've done the recon there. Yeah, it doesn't do the full climb that I did, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But uh, second intermediate sprint, that's very close to where I'm staying tonight. And then, and then, yeah, two quite big climbs in the back mm. final kind of quarter of the stage. A cat one climb of Paso di San Valentino, drop down, bit of valley road, not much of it, and then straight up the Sega di Alla. If you look at Sega, I, th- I don't think, I think Sega di Alla is a new climb to the Giro. Sega di Alla. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's a brute. It's 
Oh, this one you said it kind of matches Zonkalan. So we were talking to one of the guys who works for um, a, a contractor who works for RCS, the guys actually who are in charge of branding. <laughs> um, not the guys who actually do the kind of hard work of putting the, the arches up and uh, the various bits and pieces, but the, their bosses who go and oversee that everything is done, you know, as it should, as it should be, kind of swan in and criticise things. But they were saying they went up there yesterday just to have a little think about where they put the, um, the various bits of branding on this climb. And uh, which they're probably doing right now, actually, early in the morning. Um, And in the roadbook, it says there's a maximum gradient of 17% up towards the top of the climb. But he said it, it, honestly, he said it looks, the final couple of K look harder than the final couple of K of the Zonkalan. When you actually get there. It's 11.5 Ks at an average of 9.5%. That's that's very hard. It has, it has never been in the Giro, but it was in the in the uh, Classique des Alpes, now known as, or oh, sorry, not Classique, Giro d'Entrino, which is now called the Tour of the Alps. And Nibali won there in 2013, ahead of Cadell Evans. So there good you go. knowledge, good knowledge. Yeah, well, that's nice. I'm just ripping off the internet. That's all right. That's perfectly yeah. valid. I don't think people would expect you just to carry that kind of information around with you in your head. No, thank you. It's true. It's true. Um, oh, that's good. That's going to be a good bike race then. Well, well, apart from the fact that breakaway is going to make the finish line and Bernal's just going to drop everybody. That's exactly what's going to happen, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, it could, couldn't be, couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, closer you know to the truth. Was, you know, what I was speaking to, cause I was speaking to some, an American friend yesterday in America. And you know, the Americans have this, this great, um, they have a real love of the Giro. It's, I think it's kind of been this bastion of the Americans of romantic cycling. You know, you kind of got the corporate, Tour de France and the Giro's this um, old school chaotic Italian because obviously the Americans have a big they have a love with the Italians as well an Italian culture and and yet she was talking to me she's like what do you think of the Giro and I was like yeah it's good she says she says, it's a bit boring isn't it and I was like whoa mm. I said before you say that I was speaking to Ned yesterday about this and Ned was saying actually the organisation's really happy because Bernal being at the front makes it like a Tour de France big race you know, it's back getting one of those the biggest names in the sport there, dominating. It's much more Tour de France esque, and yet you could see that there was a sort of like she was like, meh. Well, it's not the Giro though, is it? I think people mm. like the sort of the unpredictability and the the kind of underdog nature and the opportunities, and sometimes just even it's it's it is hipster, isn't it? Having riders do do well that nobody's ever heard of before. Um, it's like that kind of stepping stone. I'm torn, to be honest with you. I don't know. It's one for the purest, I think, potentially, this. Um, we made the point, well, was it me? I can't remember. One of us made the point yesterday that uh, it's been a while since the Giro's had this this kind of a, a GC race, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, and it probably, I think I just floated it out there without any, it was a floating hypothesis, really. But I, I reckon it was Contador, who's the last grand champion. Um, 2011. Ah, oh, was it as long ago as that? <gasps> yeah. Man, I think you're right. Where he, mm. was that the year, who won the tour in 2011? Cadell, wasn't it? Yeah. I only know that because I won the final time trial and I wore the jersey that year. But, oh, uh, of course that, it was. Yeah. Um, and th- that was the Walter Weyland's year as well, wasn't it? Yeah. To, and yeah. we were talking about that 10, ten years then. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah, it's true. And since then it has been that kind of, 
it's, it's, there's that really clear, we often talk about that very clear hierarchy of the Grand Tours. There's the, the Vuelta's, the beginners, the kind of, it's third, it's on the podium, third, and then you've got the Giro clear second, but the Tour de France just stands far above on, on the, on the top step. And so it is quite, it's not often you have a Tour de France ch- champion coming to, uh, we've got Froome Dog. Yeah, but, uh, no, Froome won it in 2018 and also Nibali won it in 2016. And I, yeah. yeah, they were, but they were. That was their final Grand Tour wins. They were final Grand Tour. Well, well yeah, you'd have to yeah. say they were the final Grand Tour wins. And also, <clears throat> in both those instances, they were great races actually that produced a champion ride. Um, but they kind of came from behind in exceptional circumstances on both occasions mm. because Yates had been leading in 2018 and uh, that was the year, 2016 was the year Stephen Kreisweg, you know, was leading the Giro d'Italia. And had he not, uh, uh, and had he not come off on that dumb icy descent, I think he probably would have won it. But you know he did, and then Nibali pounced and and, and took all the time back. So uh, the difference this time round, and I to be honest, I can't remember too much about Contador's win in twenty eleven at the Giro that you. I mean, it, did he take? It was the, quite dominant. It was quite dominant. Took the jersey remember. early on, and, yeah. and kind of. Um, yeah, yeah. It's the dominant. It's the domination, isn't it? That that is Tour de France esque. The, you know the yeah. way the way Bernal is winning the Giro is is the way that Froome used to win the Tour de France, actually, isn't it? First yeah. opportunity, actually, take the jersey, yeah. hold it through two rest days. You know, I guess what's quite rare as well, and this goes through the depth of um of Vinyos Grenadiers, is that often that will happen, but they won't have the team at the Giro to back it up. But here, Vinyos Grenadiers have a team which is like a Tour de France team as well, in the sense yeah. they can just crush it because normally teams would save that big A team for the Tour de France. There's not many teams in the world that have enough kind of depth to send a winner and a, a winning team to two Grand Tours. Uh, yeah, if there's one thing any of Grenadiers do have, it's that depth. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah. 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 Um, but, um, so then, then the question is, you know, what do we want? What do we want to see? And I think in our heart of hearts, most of us don't want to see just a dominant, a dominant rider crushing the GC, however likable that rider is and however impressive that rider is. It's just not, it's not what we yearn for, is it? We yearn no, for, we yearn for change. We yearn for, we yearn for un- unpredictability. That's just the, you know, the, the truth of it, I think. And we've been spoiled by it in the last few years. And even at the Tour de France, Correct. You know, it's, it's, it's become, that's actually become the norm. You know, yeah. the Tour de France was coming, but was becoming more Giro esque in its in that kind of unpredictability and drama. And yeah. um, I mean, last year being kind of which was the counterbalance to that the kind of the the what US Postal used to do, then even what Sky did for a while. Then you you normally do have that little blip between the sort of generational kind of domination, but that blip seems to be kind of going a bit on a bit longer than normal. And it's also not just a blip of one rider or two riders. It's a, it's a, it does, the gap isn't being filled necessarily by one rider and one dominant team yet, which is, which is cool. But so this is actually, this Giro is kind of one of the first times we've seen it in a, in a little while is to see a, a champion rider and a champion team just taking the race by the scruff of the neck and making it their own, which as you say, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not what people love, is it? Although they respect, I think it's lucky it's Bernal because everyone respects him, and it's a little story within a story with his kind of comeback, and it's and it's probably a little bit of everyone's now chomping on the bit 
and now I'm going to be disappointed. Why is he not doing the tour? Kind of can't <laughs> see that. <laughs> no one's ever really happy, are they? But, oh, it's the cycling crowd, aren't are they? Amazingly but, kind of, yeah, exacting uh, the public. Yeah. But also at the same time. Not, not our listeners. No. They're quite I mean, how many times our, our, our listeners people. are very, they're, they're lovely people. Yeah. Is any rider, if you've got, what, going into the next four days of the Giro, I mean, we're just talking as if it's all done and dusted and it's kind of going to be, we, we know what's going to happen, but maybe we don't. Yeah, but... <laughs> but yeah, we do. But we do, don't we? Well, I mean, we do. I think we do. I think we do. I think if, you know, if the cataclysm, the cataclysm day is behind us, isn't it? The terrible weather yeah. and uh, the descent off the Paso Giao and all these. There's no more descent, you know, there no, there's actually, is stage 20 is a bit of an overhill um, to coin your phrase, kind of finish, but the weather's much better now, and I, I just can't see it. Of course, it, of course, it could happen, but um, I can't see it happening. Uh, no, stage twenty is is a summit finish. Um, stage nineteen is now. a summit finish. So that's that. Yeah, three summit finishes and a yeah, and then the time trial in um in Milan. So there we go. So yeah, a day for a breakaway today. I reckon Alessandro Covey will, I've made a prediction. I reckon Alessandro Covey will be in the breakaway today and I think mm. he might win. And I wouldn't rule out also um, young Lorenzo Fortunata uh, from getting in the break today and um, as he did on the Zonkaland stage, having another little... You know, you know who go. I think will get in the break today? Gone. Remco. Remco, e- Avonapool. Blimey, he could yeah. do, couldn't he? Because he's 30 minutes down or thereabouts now, isn't he? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's Unless a he's good just going to now just cruise a final week now and wait for the time trial. Yeah. Which wouldn't be a bad idea, but yeah. I doubt it. I hope yeah. not for him. Let's get out there and race. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, tell me about your, your guilt you had yesterday because I saw that in your travel and your, your traveling yeah, guilt. Yeah. Just. It's, I mean, it was so lovely yesterday. It, it was one of those days, it started off quite bleak, actually. I, I looked out my window and the same rain that we'd had the previous day was sort of battering down on my window. I just thought, you know, do the rest day podcast with Matt and David, you know, have my miserable Italian hotel breakfast with its <laughs> warm yogurt and its stale bread and its slice of processed cheese and boiled egg that's been sitting there for so long that the, the shell fuses to the egg, actually, so making it quite hard to, you know, when you're a science experiment, you peel an egg and uh, because it's been sat there for so long that, yeah, the, the shell kind of, yeah, it's it's quite a very hard to, skin. Yeah. And you, you peel it and it's quite weird. You kind of peel a layer of egg off with the, with the yeah. shell, leaving you yeah, with just yeah, a yeah. mini egg in the end. <laughs> it's quite strange. <laughs> a Russian doll. Yeah, exactly. What, My Russian what, um, doll egg. Before we get into the, this is mm. the, the deep bit. The guilt. Have, have you had any good breakfasts? Or yeah. has it just been consistently bad? I think the theme of the... No, it hasn't been... No, it hasn't been, actually. I'm being unfair to Italy. I've had a surprising amount of scrambled eggs. Oh, nice. That's good. On, on this... Um, but I haven't worked out the Italian for scrambled yet. So I just... I'm afraid I just use the word uovi, uovi and point at the... And I just go... <laughs> like that because I haven't bothered to look up the word 
worth a scramble. No, I've had I've had a surprising amount of scrambled eggs, but no fresh fruit or anything. I mean, they do always they always have a fruit bowl, don't they? But it's literally mm. just one of those slightly pasty apples that grow in the Trentino region. Actually, the Melinda Apple brand. I don't want to rubbish any particular apple brand on our podcast, no. but because partly because you never know, they might want to come on board as a sponsor. Always looking, Apple brands. Always looking. This podcast is brought to you by oh. Melinda Apples. What? Uh, and what? never strays far. Melinda Apple Pod keeps the doctor away. That's very good. Yeah. Except they don't really. They just keep the doctor. Well, they keep A the bay. patient. They, yeah, they keep the patient slightly uh, dis- disappointed. Sort of placebo effect. Yeah. So anyway, makes you feel healthier. So yeah, I had one of these, um, I had an inadequate breakfast and then we got, we had a three hour drive and I fell asleep and Matt was driving and I did the full kind of nodding dog thing next door to him. Ah, um, awesome. And, uh, and then when I woke up, because he'd slammed the brakes on <laughs> quite hard. Um, he didn't scream. No, no, there was no screaming incidents. No, no, no. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, I woke up and uh, the sun was out. And the Dolomites were sparkling again. Absolutely. I mean, I, they are incredible. And um, and then when we got to the, just as we got to the hotel, it was so strange, actually. The wind direction, which had been going up the valley, switched instantly to come down the valley. And, and it was suddenly ferocious. And this colossal black cloud just roared down the valley. And there was a hailstorm that lasted about 10 minutes, stopped, the wind direction switched back again, and then we had lovely warm weather and sunshine for the rest of the day. Um, and that's when I got out on my t- town bike. And um, I'm very conscious that most of our listenership is in the UK, and that I, I gather just talking to my family that the weather, David, has been at an absolute dirge throughout May. It's just been awful. I've heard and that. Everyone's yearning for summer and yearning to travel. And um, I... I was the same, believe me, until two and a half weeks ago when I was authorised to travel to the Giro. Um, and, um, you know, they, they explored, just so people know, they did explore the possibility of of adding the commentary from a remote studio in London, which would have been um, the probably the safer and the more re- rational thing to do. Um, but they couldn't afford it because one of the additional costs in doing that is not just hiring the facilities in London that they have naturally at the finish line in Italy, but here's the, here's the big cost. Um, because so many television companies are doing things uh, remotely these days, there is a premium to be paid for satellite time. So no, seriously, the, the single biggest cost would have been the uplink cost of getting the pictures, unless this is something they don't normally have to do, but getting the pictures you know, to London so that we could add our commentary to them uh, would have cost thousands of pounds every single day over 21 days. That's a huge extra cost they couldn't have, they couldn't have borne. So they got, they got us to the race because it's the cheaper, the cheaper of the options. And I do feel, I do feel, you know, bad for posting (laughs) pictures of me just cruising around through uh, vineyards vineyards in the the Trentino region. I love it up here, David, because it's all, it's all Deutsch. It's totally Deutsch, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah. Did you ever do the Giro del Trentino? No, thankfully not. No. I, ah, I, 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 tend to, I only did the Giro a few times, and I tend to come from the classics to it. Trentino oh, is a, it's a savage race. 
isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, I think that was one of the reasons. I managed to avoid Giorgio da Trentino and tour the Basque Country in my whole career, which is a feat in itself. And it wow. wasn't by accident. Yeah. 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 Because they're just, and also Giorgio Trentino is almost like an Italian Basque Country in the sense that you often get bad weather. It's crazy hard. And, and I was like, well, don't really need to do that, do I? Yeah. So there's yeah. other races that are easier that I can win. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, I chose the smart option. But it's, it's supposed to be a stunning race. So it's all around there, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it finishes normally, there's, there's a stage it finishes at Lago di... Oh, I can't remember. The big, there's a big lake just further up the valley where they always have a stage that comes down off one of the many, many sort of climbs and finishes down there. Rob Hales did it once, I think, when he was a oh, teammate God. of yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably to my place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he, he's got some very funny stories about how badly he raced it because um, he didn't like a climb particularly. <laughs> he sent it there as a joke. Poor Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah. there's a town. There's a town called Bolzano or Bolzen actually because it's mostly German speaking there. Um, and uh, I was. We stayed there for a couple of nights when I commentated on the Giro in 2016. There's a foot of the mountain time trial, Alpe di Siusi. And a, about a year later, I wanted to come back um, with my partner, with Kath, because um, I loved the place so much. I said, let's have a, let's have a winter break in Bolzen. So we found this lovely little, we, we flew into Venice, got a hire car, drove up this river valley, got to Bolzen in the middle of winter, because um, we both kind of well, we, we wanted to be somewhere really snowy where we could guarantee snow, actually, which is something we don't normally get in London. Um, and we got this, we rented this little apartment somewhere in the, in a village near Bolton. And on about the th- second or third day, uh, Kath said, let's go, let's go do some winter sport. And I looked at her as if she was complete, because neither of us have ever skied. Skiing is not a thing we've ever known anything about. And as I've often said, I'm not a fan of mountains. And I know not the first thing about the protocol of kind of like, what do you do at ski stations and things? So we identified one that had, we, do, we said, well, we're not actually going to ski. That would be insanity because we'll break a leg. And anyway, it'll be humiliating. We'll have to ski with all the seven-year-olds being taught how to clip in and clip out and all that sort of thing. So we said, we identified one that had a toboggan run because we oh, thought, God. how hard is that? How hard could that be? So we went up to this ski, this um, ski resort that kind of 2000 meters up on this foul Tuesday morning where it was kind of sleeting down at the bottom and sort of sl- snow stroke sleeting at the top. And we got there and not like we weren't prepared, right? We knew it was going to be chilly. So we went like before we set off, we kind of got all the warm jumpers we could find uh, and put them all on like that. But that's, that's it. It was just jumpers. And it maybe like maybe I think I had uh, maybe I had a Pacamac as well that I put over the top. Pac-a-mac, you know that red cagoule thing that I've got oh, that one, I wear sometimes yeah, the on the tour. Yeah, the classic one from Millets. Yeah, circa oh. nineteen eighty-three. I put that on over the top, and we kind of stumbled around the, the ski state, the ski place at the top, kind of trying to find which bit of it we had to go to to hire the toboggan. So there's a seven-kilometer toboggan run, <laughs> and. We hired the toboggan thing from the guy and he said, he said, what are you wearing? And we went, all our warm clothes. Like that. And he goes, have you got any gloves? And I went, nah, I'll be all right. Oh. Uh, I have never in my life been so cold, David. <laughs> I mean, not only the, the fact that every single corner 
when we approached the corner, every single corner we just came off (laughs) head over heels into the soft snow bank on every, because I couldn't get the cornering right. So I was just like Frosty the snowman staggering back onto the toboggan each time. But the combined chill effect of the wind, my hands just turned proper Scott of the Antarctic kind of thing. And I, for the last 10, 15 minutes of the descent, I couldn't talk. I was concentrating so much on controlling the pain. <laughs> Hyperventilating. Kath was slightly more cheerful and I just wasn't seeing. I remember getting to the bottom and there was this restaurant where people were having their lunch and I just, I just somehow got off the toboggan and I, I just stomped through this restaurant like that. Trying and, and just slammed the swing doors into the toilets and got there and just put my hands under the hot tap for 20 minutes <laughs> like that before I got any sensation back. It was the worst thing experience of my life. Yeah. Just Me part of your, your love for mountains. Yeah, I just love them, mate. Yeah. But so I love, um, yeah, I love the Dolomites. It's great. Do you want to explain what I can remember briefly of my dream? Yeah. Yeah, I can't really remember much of it because it's it happened in the middle of the night and I was interrupted by a dog. But um, standard, I was at a bike race. Or wow. actually, I, this is I started if I was riding a bike and then it kind of turned into a race and then I was in a peloton and I can't. I was, there was a team, but I can't remember what team I was on. But then what was weird was the race started to get bigger and the peloton started to get bigger and my kit kept changing. And to the point where I had I had two helmets with me, which is weird. <laughs> and so I was dropping back through the peloton and the tech was getting better and better. And I had to change my helmet, but I was worried if I changed it, then it would be too late or then another one would come. So I was trying to bide my time. There was no rationale to it whatsoever. Eventually got my helmet, changed my helmet. So put the one on the new one on that I somehow had appeared. Then was riding back up and then realized we weren't that far from the finish. And I thought, oh man, I'm going to be too hot. And I had this this base layer, and then I was I spent ages trying to decide whether I should change or not. And I was kind of losing con- concentration. And then I thought, I'll change. So then, I, the moment I decided that, I ended up in Seoul, in Korea. Oh, um, yeah, at a friend's place, at a shop that I I felt I knew, but I didn't know. It was really cool. But since I'd last been there, and I've never been there but I had been there before. It got bigger and he got married since. And there was a beautiful staircase and I had to go and, and then I was with some other people. I can't remember who they were. And I had to go and find somewhere to get changed. And I was going upstairs and that's when a dog woke me up. So I never found out where I was going to get changed and, and I couldn't get back into the race. Good luck. Well, it started off relatively straightforward yeah. As, as a moving metaphor for the, totally. wor- the, the world leaving you behind. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you didn't yeah. know what team you weren't sure quite what team you were on, you know? So, you know, as you, as you've searched for an identity post racing, David, you've you kind of, you've been trying to figure out what it is, who you are, what, what your tribe is, you know, where do you fit in, mm. in the world? Because when you were racing, you were, you were very clear about what you were all about and, so that's Literally why changing hats and uh, exactly it's not no coincidence at the head you know that's the your rationale yeah. your your rationality sort of trying to think of protecting your rationality actually and protecting your yeah. sanity in a way um and 
yeah, and then the tech around you changing and everyone getting faster. The fact the fact that you were in this stream of riders initially that you thought was non-competitive and then it turned into a bit of a race, mm. um, which you obviously found kind of, you couldn't understand the terms of ref. You didn't know where the finish line was, all this sort of thing. And I think Mystery that the, distance. the heat, the overheating and then the need to yeah. change, the need to change, um, I, I think... Good. Yeah, but I mean, the, the the abrupt switch of location to Seoul and the staircase and everything. Um, I, yeah, I str- I'm, I'm struggling to struggling to deal with that. that it was and, quite. Um, a, it was I'm quite, quite jealous because change. I'm quite jealous because none of my dreams have had that kind of. My dreams have really been quite s- straightforward to interpret, but that's mm. that's pretty. It was nice to be back in the peloton, though. I enjoyed that. Did yeah, anyone do it? Anyone you knew from the old days? Yenzi? Stewie? Stewie O'Grady? No, I wasn't actually. No, Bayton. I was too kind of, it was, it was more kind of a peloton of a thousand faces. You know, wow. couldn't really figure out who anybody was. But yeah. yeah. Do, do you often oh. have um, peloton dreams? No, not that often. I, I'm in fact, very rarely. I, I Again, it's probably due to all this talk of bike racing. Um but yeah, it's quite cool when you're back in it because it's like you're suddenly back in it and you're good again. Yeah, but yeah, which I'm not now. Do, have you so. do, have you ever had? Do you, do you ever get dreams where you win big races again, <clears throat> sort of thing? No, not my recurring dream was when I was a bike racer. What's that? So I, uh, I had two actually. One when I was young, when I was a young pro was uh, I was sort of it was, this is a nightmare actually where I'd always be on a climbing uh, a rock face, basically a cliff, huh. and and I'd get, oh, I mean, this is the most obvious dream in the world. I was just get stuck at some point up there and I couldn't get up higher and I couldn't get down. And I'd just be stuck on the edge, terrified. I'm not even scared of heights. And yet I'd wake, I'd wake up just absolutely terrified because I'd been stuck on the edge of this cliff and Ooh. couldn't get off. Oh, that's so that was my nightmare. That was like my kind of classic young pro nightmare. But then I had another one, which was awesome, which I'd always had before, time trials. And it was always before I won, I'd miss the start. <gasps> and I, and it happened like, and I'd almost, and it'd be a kind of nightmare because within the dream, it would be horrible. And I'd miss the start of the time trial and I'd wake up like just in absolute shock. And the first few times, obviously it was terrifying because I thought, oh no. But then after a while, I'd then win that day. And so I'd wake up from that nightmare and kind of almost have a smile on my face and ah, uh, oh, I'm ready. It okay. was kind of, yeah. That's so strange. that would be my, my recurring dream that meant I was mentally prepared to win because I'd worked myself up so much that I was having a nightmare about missing the start. Ah. And so it put me, put my, I'd have a peace of mind, a tranquility after that, that just carried me through the day because I was fully aware that I couldn't do anything more. So, but Pedro yeah. Delgado in 1989. That kind totally. Of thing. Yeah. 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 Surprising yeah, how often it, it happens actually, isn't it? Did you, did you ever miss your start time in a prologue? No, I didn't. Trip. I come close a, a couple of times, but that'd be more to a mechanical just before. I was yeah. I was always so well disciplined before because it was my speciality. It's often the teams and the riders that it's not there. It's, remember, Floyd Landis did it, didn't he? Did he? Where did he do it? No, not yeah, at all. I think he did it. I did think he? he did it at the tour he won. Like, like, or Harry Neeson, he definitely did it one year, I'm sure of it. Right. Because that was, and that's an example of somebody who's like, how did you do that? It's like you've spent your whole year preparing for this and <laughs> the best team. And it's like, 
that's a bit of a cock up. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, it's understandable if you're a climber on a small team, you don't really care. Yeah. But when you're one of the favorites, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, listen, uh, um, is yeah. there a thing where we need, do we need to encourage our listeners to re, um, rate and review the podcast, David? Does that yes, help? Do. Our, does that help it does our help algorithm? Us massively. I think it does. So if everybody listens, well, everybody's not going to, because I already thank you for listening, but if you could leave a review, and yeah. preferably be honest and and no. give us five uh, stars and um yeah, yeah. and and you That's know what quite important that bit isn't it even if you've yeah, got five stars even if you've got kind of criticisms and there's things mm. that you want to, can you just keep them to yourself and not yeah. just that'd be nice because we when we say be honest we, we mean, don't we mean be d- nice don't you don't have to be very honest no but not um really. And maybe this is something we can work on this maybe tomorrow. We'll come back to this. If people can leave a little, um, a review or a, a, a haiku or a, a little haiku. mini review of the race, we'll read it out and we'll make a little section within the podcast to, to read out the best reviews. Where we, uh, this is iTunes basically. Let's be this honest. Is this is iTunes. So I, think yeah, only, yeah. I think it's only iTunes that does the reviews. Okay. Um, so I do that. Be honest, yeah. Cause that'd be really good. Cause so, yeah, please do the algorithm thing for us because we're, we're, we're just, um, I had to buy another pack of batteries yesterday and I, I've lost track Production of the number. Budget gone. It's the budget thing and it's just money through our thing, you know, because you know, it's just costing us money, isn't it? I had to, you know, I, I have to, I had to take some tea out and a kettle. I had to buy a kettle just for this yeah. podcast because I need a cup of tea before I can get going and most Italian rooms don't. So there are expenses that we've incurred that we're never going to get back really. So no. the algorithm might help us get, who are we going to get yeah. on board? Um, Melinda Apples. Melinda get Apples. In, Keep get them interested. So. Melinda Apple a day with the Never Strays podcast. <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah, be good. And also, also, um, folk, so this is the last week of the Giro and we're well into it now. Mm. So people have still got time. Have they to clip on the, click on the show yeah, notes? click on the link. Click on the, the show thing. notes. Um, and go through to, to check sw- out stuff to win, isn't swag. there? Yeah, we'll, we'll do a bit more on that tomorrow, and we'll kind of reamp right. our commercialism. Yeah, I think, but do click on the link because that helps us as well. Yeah, and there's actually good stuff to get from there. Uh, yeah, leave yeah. reviews, and we'll we'll keep doing this. Uh, I, I, yeah. yeah, okay. Are we no, going to do this through the Dauphiné? No, no, it's too much, isn't it? It's just too much. But I have got one or two special ideas actually about that week. That I will discuss okay. with you offline, David. Offline, lovely. Let's take that offline then. We'll take that offline. Okay. And okay. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Sorry if this was a bit low in cycling content, but it's off the way after a rest day, isn't it? Because no cycling happened yesterday. Yeah, we're stuck between and a rock and a hard place. And we also did a podcast with bo- the boy in the pants in Madrid. So, um, yeah, we'll pick it up. Yeah. Full steam ahead yeah. tomorrow morning. Okay. Ciao. Okay. Bye-bye. Ciao. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 